Who needs a microphone for a podcast? <sighs> Not us. Not me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Rebel, rebel. Welcome to Barnyard Language. We are Katie and Arlene, an Iowa sheep farmer and an Ontario dairy farmer with six kids, two husbands, and a whole lot of chaos between us. So kick off your boots, reheat your coffee, and join us for some Barnyard Language, honest talk about running farms and raising families. In case your kids haven't already learned all the swears from being in the barn, it might be a good idea to put on some headphones or turn down the volume. While many of our guests are professionals, they aren't your professionals. If you need personalized advice, consult your people. Welcome back to another episode of Barnyard Language. Thank you for coming back and joining us. Or if this is your first episode, thanks for being here. Katie, what's going on on the farm this week? Well, Arlene, uh, hopefully the sound quality isn't too shitty on this update because my mic has refused to play nice with everything else. So we're just recording this over my webcam and hopefully it's not too god awful. Um, other than that, getting ready for Thanksgiving, um, going out of town for a couple days. So that's, um, out of town with two little kids just takes on a whole different meaning than out of town when you're, you know, young and, and you're doing carefully. like big road trip out of town. Like, yeah. How far are you, you headed on this trip? Well, as I, I took our car into the mechanic this morning, you know, to get the oil changed and all that, and he asked how far or how many hours it was, and I said, without kids, 12. With kids, 50. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely um, would feel that way. You know, gone are the days when I could throw two pairs of undies in my toothbrush in the front seat and, you know, bail out of town. So it's a, it's a lot more of a thing now. But we've got our farm helper coming to stay for a couple days and my in-laws will be here and I think our the only the magnificent magnificent farm dog will just go over and stay at their house I think because he'll be lonely if he stays over here um so just packing up and trying to you know get ready all that hootie who what's going on in your world Arlene well I am looking at the window currently and I can see a lineup of green tractors and that's not a color that we own so that means that the uh, combine is if it's not running is at least close to getting here because there's a line of uh, tractors and buggies so it means that they're going to be starting corn probably tonight or maybe tomorrow so that's exciting that would be the the final final leg of harvest around here and in the uh, miracle of the the year at least, or maybe decade, I don't know. Uh, my husband and I actually left the farm two weekends in a row, which felt wow. like it was a, a miracle. The um, Canadian National Holstein Show typically happens at the Royal Winter Fair, which is in Toronto, and that was canceled for a second year around. So it's not, it wasn't quite as majestic as going to the Royal where there's all the other events going on at the same time, but just the Holstein show itself, they did a, a national show in St. Hyacinth, Quebec. So it was about a three and a half hour drive into, into Quebec. So I got to practice my French a little bit. It's rusty, but um, I can order some Tim Hortons. So that's good. And we went for a couple of days to watch the show. Our daughter was working 
with another farm who had some some animals there so we sent her 4-h heifer and it didn't didn't do very well but she got to experience being in the ring at the national show and she was there from monday to saturday working and we just went went up thursday night came home saturday so we brought some some of those animals back home and got to see some friends from university and farming friends from different stages of life. So that was pretty cool. It was also the first time we've been in a crowd in a long time, which felt really weird and didn't realize how tiring it was going to be being around people again, <laughs> because I mean, we're farmers and parents. So, I mean, we see animals and our own kids a lot of the time, but um, you know, day to day, if I don't want to see, of someone I'm not related to, I don't. So um, it was it was strange being in a, in a big crowd again. And but their their rules are similar to here in that in order to be in a, a to have a, a crowd, you have to have um, fully vaccinated attendees. So we all had to have proof of vaccination, and they scanned us all in, and everyone was masked some of the time. But um, yeah, so it was it was weird, but but kind of neat too to to kind of feel a little bit normal for a few days. Yeah, I'm um, going to get my booster tomorrow before we head out of town, which, you know, probably I should have gotten it further in advance, but I just didn't quite get to it. So I'm gonna cross my fingers that I won't have any side effects from the booster because I'd rather get the booster than take my chances. Sure. Yeah, boosters aren't available for, for us yet. Um, they are for some people who are in long-term care or in certain certain age groups, but for the general population, we don't have access to them yet. But our kids' vaccines just got approved in Canada last week. So that means hopefully in the next few weeks our youngest two can get their shots. So that's that's pretty exciting that we're getting we're getting there anyway. We're a little bit little bit behind the US, but I know that compared to lots of countries in the world, we're we're incredibly lucky that we're as far along as we are. So that feels pretty exciting. Yep, the the girl child to be old enough in two weeks, so that's what she's getting for her birthday is, you know, immunizations. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's getting other stuff too. It's not yeah, like that's not the only get. <laughs> that's all you're getting, kid. Yeah, maybe a sucker and a sticker if you're good. Yeah, yeah, I heard yesterday that she apparently thinks that she's getting two cakes and that oh, she is getting a unicorn rainbow ice cream cake, maybe. And also Yellow Kitty will be getting a cake. Wow. Which presumably will involve more fish and less ice cream. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway. Lots of things could change between now and her birthday, though. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? We've I've given up. I, <laughs> those children. <laughs> They're just a lot. Now, do you stay with family while you're there, or are you uh, staying in a no, hotel? No, we'll stay in a we'll stay in a hotel. There's yeah. Too many people for for staying there. Yeah, that's fair. You know, it's it's nice now because we've made this trip enough times since we got married that like we well, I mean, a the town they live outside of there is one hotel, so that really narrows down your choices. Sure. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, to to know which hotel you're staying at and to know where it is and to you know, to kind of have a sense of things. They, my family lives outside a small town, and so that makes it easier. Mm -hmm. And I like and even to 
to know your route and know if you, you know, playgrounds or places where you can stop along the way to burn off some energy while you're, yeah. while you're traveling is big too. Yeah. There's probably going to be a lot of rounds of uh, mommy monster, which is mostly where I just stomp around and yell at the kids and, uh, and they yell mommy monster and they run away in terror. And eventually <laughs> I catch them and, you know, turn them upside down and bite their tummies and, <laughs> start all over again they yep. don't know it's just deployed to get all get all their movement out before they get strapped back into those car seats again well and it's a really good way to work out your frustration as a parent without yelling seriously at your children sure yeah you'll get to yell at them but they think you're playing which is kind of awesome you know <laughs> yell with a smile on your face yeah because i you know i i try to be a pretty chill parent but there are days especially after multiple hours we did um the girl child's tablet has been broken and it just came back and I ordered one for the boy child and they don't know they're back and volume limiting headphones for both kids so mm. that we don't have to listen to it and they hopefully will not be deaf by the time we get to our <laughs> yeah um, so many parents sure I'm sure we all wish we had that you know that glass that the, the limo drivers can just, just why just is that not up. a thing I don't know like it really should be. Of all the things that should be things. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have kind of like a staggered diversionary system going on of, you know. Sure, like yeah. Some some coloring and then some games and then, you know, because this is like a, a day and a half long trip. So yeah, usually yeah, the first. A multi-level attack here. Yeah, the first leg of things, you don't really need anything. And then like after lunch on the second day you're usually fine but that before lunch and after the after lunch nap can get a little shaky so yes for sure you know i'm fully prepared to just keep throwing snacks into the back seat and <laughs> it's kind of like lion taming you just throw stuff back there and hope you come back with your fingers you know like, yeah. so. well i wish you luck on your travels and uh, we'll be ready for your update next week well thanks i'm hoping to uh record some live episodes with my family and with their neighbors so hopefully we'll get something usable out of that they're a pretty rowdy crew so <laughs> well i'm excited to hear that too then all right everybody this week we're catching up with sarah hart unger who is host of two of my favorite podcasts sarah what are you growing I am growing too many things. I'm growing <laughs> three rambunctious kids. I'm growing my clinical practice. I'm growing my job as a residency program director. And I am, I guess I'm growing two podcasts. So a lot. <laughs> and can you tell us a little more about your real job? Just so people understand like the full yes. weight of what we're talking about here. Of course. So I am a pediatric endocrinologist, uh, which means I take care of children with disorders like diabetes, thyroid problems, growth issues, puberty issues, etc. And I am actually, uh, I am clinically active. So I see patients, but for half of my real job, I actually am more administrative and I run a pediatrics residency program in South Florida. And so it's kind of a nice hybrid for me uh, because I get to, you know, be really active on the patient care side, but then also kind of get to, I don't know, do build something like with my, not with my hands, but I guess with my brain um, at the same time. So I really, really like the combination. It's really fun to work with residents who are doctors in training. They finished med school, but they're not quite on to the next step. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I do for real. <laughs> okay. And do you want to tell our listeners about your podcasts? Yes. So, well, first I'll just mention that I, 
I have always had a desire to express myself creatively long before my professional career came into fruition. I started a blog in my third, second year of medical school. So I, that was seven, almost 17 years ago now, quite a while ago. Um, and I've been writing there ever since. And a few years ago, I became I started to get to know Laura Vanderkam, who is a time management expert. And I started to hear, listen to lots of fun podcasts and think, you know, it might be fun to try doing a podcast. And she wrote me an email that fateful day in 2017 that was like, want to do a podcast together? And so we've been doing best of both worlds about um, making time for a career and family and trying to enjoy both along the way. Um, that's a weekly podcast. We haven't missed an episode ever since August 2017. And then in 2020, because of course, um, <laughs> I what else were you uh, gonna started- do? Exactly. I, I, I found myself switching planners a lot and decided that it would be really fun to do a podcast dedicated to all things, as I say, planning and planning adjacent. And that's when I started my own solo podcast called Best Laid Plans. I will admit I'm a planner switcher. And for the longest time, I felt really guilty about it. You know, I'd, I'd fail a planner and then I'd feel really bad and I'd just give up. And then I realized that I could just buy a different planner and use a different one. And it's not like there's any planner police that are going to come and be like, you get one planner, you know, and that has really helped me, except now I have like a stack of different, you know, and I just go back and forth, whatever. There Um, is no wrong way to use a planner. It's your, just your planner journey. Yeah. I mean, it's just a book and nobody's going to see it except you. So who cares? So Sarah, why, why, and more importantly, how do you do so many different things? Uh, why? That's a good question. I guess because I love all of those things. Um, I obviously, you know, the thing that takes up the most time is my like actual job. But, you know, compared to like my husband who's a vascular surgeon, it doesn't take up quite as many hours as his does. And I actually am pretty efficient at a lot of the things I do. Um, Podcasting, you know, if I really think about it, it takes about two hours per week. My best laid plans episodes are really short, and that's partly for that reason. I, you know, I come up with an idea and I go for it, and I release an episode per week. I do outsource all of the editing and um, kind of a lot of the labor intensive parts of it. So I just send it on its way and it get, gets published in some magical way which costs money. But for me, that's very much worth it for the savings of time. Um, And yeah, I guess I've just always had this, you know, I I really love my real job. I love caring for patients. I love learning. I love teaching others, but it didn't scratch the itch of like creative expression. And so that's how I found blogging and then podcasting, which to me is like an extension of blogging in a way. Um, And I think it doesn't take as much time as people think. Plus you do get better and better about it. And making it time efficient, the more you do it. So I'll say like when Laura and I first started, we'd have like to spend hours writing elaborate scripts. Now our outlines, I kind of bust them out and we just have a nice rhythm together. Uh, and it feels like a friend date a lot of the times when we're talking, like we are telling each other stuff. So in a way it's like, okay, I'm sharing with others, I'm producing something and I'm catching up with someone all at the same time. So yeah, I guess I just make time for it because I really enjoy it. Yeah, I know when we started, you know, I feel like we were, more concerned about the technical quality of our show and how you know put together it was and now I feel like we generally really want our listeners to feel like they're just hanging out on the front porch and they're just kind of going to get what they're going to get you know I realized by I don't know halfway through the first episode that trying to 
edit out all the farm noise and the background noise and that was just not going to happen so we've just given up on that one um and whenever well, we tried to use showed a script us- you could tell yeah. that we were using a script. So yeah. it, was, it yeah. wasn't fun to listen to either. 2020 told us that even like, you know, NPR had podcasts where you'd hear a dog barking because yeah. people were recording from home and it was like, it's still good. Nobody cares. It's fine. So I agree. You know, I think that's great. Embrace the imperfection. Better to produce something and have something to share with others than to try to spend all this time making it perfect and maybe not do it at all. Yep, exactly. And they figure it makes us more... Um, obviously authentic because you know like the other day we were recording and my father-in-law was unloading a tractor and the dog was barking at the ups man and you can hear all of it in the show and i was just like well you know we're talking to other farmers so they know what this is like guessing it's partly because of you know the busyness of your life but what drew you into planning as kind of a process and a and a medium yeah, I've always loved play. I mean, going back to even my childhood, my dad, um, he worked at like a continuing legal education firm and it was like a business. And every year they would give this corporate gift of like, it's called a blue book. It was basically a giant planner with a page for each day. And like little eight-year-old me would be like, this is the best thing ever. My little book with 1989 on the spine and I could like draw pictures and like, I don't know. So I, I, I guess I just, I've just like always had a natural affinity for planners. But then when I started to have more and more pieces in my life, I did, I guess, grasp the practical aspect as well as like, I need a place where I can look at the hours in the week and intentionally decide what to do with them. And maybe some people are smart enough, they can just do that in their head. But for me, it is way easier if that is literally unconcrete pieces of paper. I have my planner right here. I'll show you like allocating out the hours and like what I actually want to do with them. Um, Because there are a lot of pieces and there are a lot of things I want to do. And sometimes there are things where it's not like doing it is inherently stressful, but it does need to get planned ahead. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here having this lovely conversation right now if we hadn't had some planning go into it. So I guess, yeah, it's just how I like to keep all the the parts of my life corralled together. And as many people have embraced Google Calendar and other digital techniques, I think those are wonderful, but there is a sensual, just like with your hands aspect of planning on paper. I'm not a farmer, so I don't get to do a lot of things with my hands. (laughs) So maybe this is like the one relic of like actually getting to make something and play with actual tools. I've noticed for myself, you know, we're using more Google Calendar just with my job working with other people and with the show, you know, coordinating um, interviews, which we would have done better if I had just like mailed you a postcard or something with a a time and a place, I think. (laughs) Um, I've seriously, I've never had a problem before this interview with somebody I really look up to about planning and organization and for our (laughs) listeners, it's been a shit show. I, no, but I didn't have a problem. I just put it on my planner. So I kept getting those invites for different times. And I was like, eh, I'm just going to ignore it. Because I know I wrote down November 4th and she said, okay, with that. So too funny. I, I, yes, that, that does kind of illustrate the, the limits a, of these technologies sometimes. I'll put a picture up too. Zoom just created a meeting just for me at like 3 a.m. of January 25th in 2099. I have a meeting presumably I'll be dead because I'd be like 120 years old and Zoom has just set up this meeting for me. So yes, listeners, Zoom and Google Calendar somehow managed to like change the time and the date for this interview repeatedly. And I'm like, 
I hope that Sarah does not think that I just am actually that disorganized. Like that would be bad even for me. So Sarah, were you that kid too, that at school, they'd like hand out that planner in like fifth grade or sixth grade would they give you a new planner and you'd be that nerdy kid who's like, just, I mean, I'm, I, I don't I'm not know. saying, but. Was I? I, I, I actually was not the most organized, uh, particularly in elementary school. I recall a fourth grade teacher, no joke, taking my desk and dumping it out in the hallway, which was actually really mortifying. And who knows, maybe that trauma has made me into the person that I am today. That's the worst. I remember one of my teachers doing that to a kid too. It was just like. So I don't know. I I was, I did have a planner. I feel like most people used it. Maybe my school forced us. I don't remember. Like you'd write down like read chapter seven pages, you know, whatever. Um, But I didn't use it to like plan all kinds of things. You know, when I think back to that time, I actually don't know how I kept everything straight because I Back then, I will say the one thing that has held constant is I always have liked to do a lot of things. I mean, I was like the orchestra plus choir plus cheerleading and like each thing yelling at me because like, oh, you're going to miss this because you're at that. And you're going to miss this. Why didn't you pick one thing? And I'm like, I don't want to pick one thing. So that has held constant. I still don't want to pick one thing, but I, I was not as good. I think my frontal cortex just, you know, I was in high school. It wasn't, it wasn't developed yet. I wasn't yeah. capable. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, got a neurodiversity diagnosis this spring and it's been really eye-opening about things like why google calendar does not work for the way i think because the minute i close the tab it's dead to me it just does not exist where if there's a sheet of paper lying on my desk it's a real thing and also the needing to have 58 things going at the same time it's just i need it you know, um, when people say they're going to like go on vacation to the beach and just lay there, it sounds like torture. So can you give us a speedy intro to what things to consider when you're picking a new planner setup? Yes. So the first thing you have to think about it, well, there's, there's a, a bunch of things to think about. You do want to think about whether portability is important to you. Cause I do feel like that will greatly either limit your options or not. Do you want a slim book that fits in your pocket? Or do you like not care if it's some behemoth that's on your desk with a million features? Because again, it's gonna kind of narrow the field a little bit. Then you wanna think about what kinds of views you want. Do you want daily and monthly? Do you want weekly and monthly? Are you crazy like me and you really like all three? And then you also um, have to really think about whether you want your weekly layout to look a certain way. I'm pretty picky about that. I very very much prefer like a vertical hourly laid out, layout, a vertical hourly layout. And there are a number of brands that offer that, but certainly not every brand. So that will help rule out a lot as well. Some people like it to be horizontal. Some people want three boxes. Some people like a lot of white, wide open space, like a bullet journal where they can just kind of decide how they want to lay out their week by themselves. So lots of different options for how you want to visualize that. And then you also have to think of the extras, like what extras, if any, are important to you? Do you want extra blank pages? Do you want goal setting content? Do you want like meal planning stuff in there? Like there are all kinds of extras that different brands will offer. Some will have budgeting types of pages. I don't use that because I do all my budgeting digitally, but kind of like looking at what kind of extras you want. And then finally, I think the last thing, but still important because you want it to be a book that appeals to you is style. Like, are you a... I want everything frou-frou and hearts and rainbows, or do you want like a super minimalist looking thing? Um, so you have to decide kind of what you're after in terms of what actually pulls you to want to use it. I, I will admit that as much as I loved my passion planner, 
I switched to a full focus because the passion planner is very like hopes and dreams. And I was like, yeah, I don't have time for that. Like concrete goals. That's what we have time for. <laughs> like, it's just, I have it a makes friend me anxious. who loves Erin Condren. I like, she like loves Erin Condren paper, but she will never buy an EC planner because she's like, if they would get rid of the inspirational quotes, then like maybe then I would buy it in a heartbeat. Cause like some people that appeals to them and some people that is a big, big turnoff. Cause there's definitely like a cheesiness factor. Um, yeah. And if that's be, your thing, like, be what you're looking for. I need the like struggle bus planner. That's like, we see you, this shit is hard. Hope you don't die. Don't set anybody on fire. Like that's, I'm going to start my own planner line. This is going to be our, multimedia empire Arlene I hope you're ready for it you, you could throw in a, f- a few keep up the good works but uh, yeah. yeah keeping it real most of the time we could put uh cow breeding calendars in there too Ooh, could just put the breeding wheels custom. right in the planner yeah, yeah. I like this I idea think this could be a thing yeah. yeah include your gestational window for whatever uh whatever creature exactly. you're breeding Sarah we took a little poll on our Facebook group and people seemed pretty evenly split between like hardcore gmail iCal whatever and little scraps of paper that I will lose somewhere in the barnyard. So do you have any tips for planning with family members who prefer to rely on memory and chance? Not, you know, naming any (laughs) names, but I sent you a picture of planning night last night with my husband. And what do we call it instead of family planning? Which is what I called it. And then I realized (laughs) how that sounded. (laughs) I was like, well, that's a good question. I call it, I called it a couple's planning retreat or you call it like a partner planning retreat or a partner's planning. I don't know, like alliteration there. Retreat um, makes husband, it sound much more fun. Doesn't yeah. it? It totally does. My husband does not plan the same way that I plan and that's okay, but I still want his buy-in to what I'm planning if it involves him. So I do think there is like some acceptance you have to have if your partner like doesn't want to put things in writing in their own system at least having those conversations of what they are in your system. And then, I mean, maybe asking them what their like preferred method of smoke signal they want to be warned about an event. Like, do you want me to put a post-it note on your desk like a week before it happens? Do you want me to just text you? Do you want to just like be surprised every day? I don't know. But as long as they've agreed to it, um, then that's what you're going to get. My husband is like not super into planning time wise, like I am much more likely to actually get something on the calendar. But what he likes to do is like organize his priorities into lists. So maybe that would appeal more to somebody. Because even if he's not always getting the piece where he decides when he's going to do them, at least if he kind of has an idea of what's a priority on his plate at any given time, that can be helpful to him. And even though that would drive me crazy, because I'd want to be like, no, 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 like, are you going to get to that at the end of the week or the end of the month? And sometimes I ask him those questions, and he can answer them. And that helps him. But other times I just have to accept that like that might be enough for him and that's different than me and that's okay. <laughs> you sound real start? sure about that. It's okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's mostly okay. <laughs> How do you start when you're you're beginning to to fill in? Do you start with your non-negotiables, your standing kind of appointments? Yeah. Like what's your process? When we sat there and kind of looked at 2022, honestly, the first thing that went on there was the kids' school calendar because that does dictate a lot of, you know, if we do want to plan in fun things for our family or take vacations and stuff, it's all got to go around mostly when they're in school unless we pull them out for select uh, portions. So that was first. And then we just kind of went through month by month like, okay, well, what do we want to do for spring break? And um, 
are there any big work conferences you want to try to go to? And if so, like, would you need to submit a manuscript by this date? So kind of like planning back backward from like key events, just asking each other, like, do you have any big goals or is there anything you want to accomplish? Like he really wants to get back into running a little bit. We'll see. We'll see whether it, it happens or not. Um, but even just, you know, like asking each other and talking about it, even if not all of it is set in concrete terms, which it's not during like a retreat, a retreat is more like, you know, you might set down some fun dates, but you're probably not going to set the like nitty gritty of the work deadlines. It still feels productive. And it's still, it definitely helped me kind of understand the shape and direction of 2022 when we did that together. And do you do then kind of your periodic check-ins like a weekly? I know my husband and I sometimes will be like on a Sunday night. So like, okay, what's coming up this week? Like, what are your, where am I yes. needed? Where are you needed? That kind of stuff. Like, yes, we a hundred percent do that. And it's also mm -hmm. usually on Sunday and that actually coincides when it's, when we're just looking like a week ahead, like a sh much shorter horizon. Um, I have a whiteboard. So again, totally not very technical, but that's really like the key family schedule for the week. Um, and that's where I put like, who's driving the kids, what day, what activities the kids might have, what we're having for dinner, um, any nights that I might have to work late. Or if, if I know that he has something like he goes to a guitar class every Wednesday. So like I put that on there. Um, so that's when the kind of short term negotiation of like, I need you, you need me, etc. Um, goes on. And that's, that's more of like just a routine. Like I, I would feel so weird going to bed on Sunday without doing that board together. And I'm mostly doing it, like, let's be honest, but he, he does have buy-in and he tells me these, I ask him like, what days are you driving? And, and that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're trying to really um, make a point too of putting, our kids are only three and four or almost five. Um, so I, we're trying to make a point of putting fun things we want to do with the kids on the calendar because we'll say like, oh, I want to go to the Christmas lights. You know, there's a special night like for our daughter's birthday next next month um there's a horse-drawn carriage ride through this big christmas lights display and so i made sure to actually write it on the calendar because otherwise you remember about it 20 minutes before and it's you know 40 miles away and to trying to really make a point of checking in daily with each other just you know a text message because my husband because he works off farm and on the farm and i also work from home off farm and on the farm farmers just kind of do what's next and so he'll have three hours worth of stuff he wants to get done after work but I don't psychically magically know about it so he'll say well I, I need to do this 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 and this and I'm like well but okay um I'll make it work but you know it's nice to have at least an hour's warning when you're not going to have help with bedtime with two little ones like that or you know wherever else we're at or if he's expecting my help or so do you use time blocking or bullet journaling or any other system for filling your planner? I feel like I use a modified version of time blocking. So I do have a ritual where I, I currently use full focus, but it could be anything. I've done it on like a blank bullet journal. I've done it in my Hobonichi for many years, but I'm basically sitting there and going like, what am I doing today and when? I am not as hardcore time block as Cal Newport. Like I'm not I sort of feel it life is too punishing if I say like from two to two thirty, I'm going to do the this thing. I, I just I, I I like it in, in concept and when I try to do it, I don't like it very much. And I think that might be because unlike Cal, most of my schedule is kind of like 
already blocked out for me. Like I'm seeing patients. There are, I have this hard landscape that I'm following. So if I have one hour left, I don't necessarily want to assign myself things to do in 15 minute increments. You know what I'm saying? So instead I do, I, I'll write down like what I'm doing for that day along. I wish I had my full focus with me. I don't, I have my Aaron Condren here, but not my full focus, but anyway, that's okay. Um, I write along like what I'm going to do. Like, and I usually kind of color coded a little bit. This is when I have patients, when I have meetings. And then if I have a block that's unaccounted for, then I have a to-do list at the top and in full focus, it's kind of built into the, to the system where I write the things I want to get done during that time. So I'm not like assigning the specifics, but I might know, okay, the time that I'm going to realistically have to try to get as many of these things done is two to four. And then at two, I look at the list and I decide which one I'm going to do first. He might look down on that as being like list reactive method, but I don't know. It feels like the right balance for me. And I usually do get not all, but most of my stuff done. And I really have gotten to the point where I try not to beat myself up if I don't get them all done. I mean, I think the Laura Vanderkam's great advice is like, don't put so many things on your list. Sometimes I think it's okay to put like maybe one or two more things than is realistic, as long as you have in your mind, like I'm gonna do as many of these things as is reasonable. And if there's two tasks left, that's great. I will migrate them to tomorrow. Um, so it's kind of like your mindset around what those undone, undone tasks mean. Like they're not failures, they're just like, later. I'll admit I've started using post-its for my list too, because if I have a sheet of paper, I will put 90 things on there, flip it over and slap another, because that's how my brain works. With a post-it note, you can maybe get 20 on the front. That is a big post-it note, or you must write <laughs> yeah, I have very small handwriting. <laughs> well, and I mean, if you like make one list and then you make another list and then you like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I feel like I'm um, getting some insight into who I'm working with here, Katie. Arlene, you should see how many post-its are stuck to the bottom of my monitor. But each of them only <laughs> yeah. has one sentence. Oh, so, so they're really important post-it notes. Yes. Anyway, I totally just lost track. I also time block and color code because one thing I've really noticed is that it's really easy because of how changeable farming is to realize that it's been a month since you've done anything that was something you wanted to do. And so if I color code, it's pretty easy to look back and say, you know, a week, two weeks, fine. If it's been a month and there's nothing in my color, we need to address that. Um, and I'm trying for myself to be a lot better about blocking out time for sleep and that that is absolutely non-negotiable because otherwise it's way too easy to say, well, I'll just stay up late and do X, Y, and Z. And that's just, no, that doesn't work out for anybody. I totally agree. Sleep is non-negotiable. It, it, otherwise, everything else, like, what's the point of life if you can't sleep? I, no. <laughs> yeah. I will say my, my Fitbit told me the other night that it couldn't track my sleep if I didn't sleep. And I was like, dude, I, I tried. If theoretically you needed to squeeze a lot more hours of work into your week, what are some places, some creative places to find that time in your schedule? Morning all the way. I, whenever I accidentally find myself too close to a deadline kind of in that emergency state that is my like i've seen my husband actually do this as early as like get up at 245 like he will he will extreme it but um usually for me that's more like four or something a lot of coffee and sometimes the pressure of a deadline and that early morning and the coffee can help you really knock out a lot of things i i know that you know i uh, if you look at Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies, I technically am an upholder, but 
I don't know. I'm an upholder who does kind of like living on the edge a little bit when it comes to, to deadlines at times. But I think that sometimes just comes to priorities because I know that if I leave it to like the time that it really takes, then I'm not going to waste time spinning my wheels. And so I do feel like don't be a perfectionist. Don't take more time. Don't like try to like convince yourself that something's going to need five hours when really you could brainstorm for 20 minutes and probably knock out something pretty decent. And then I would say early mornings are your best friend with in my case, lots of caffeine. Are your kids almost at the point where they're going to be in, in school for most of the day? They're in preschool right now. So they're already in care from eight to six generally. Oh, okay. So um, you have that part covered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just the socks and dishes. Well, and the time of, the time spent getting them there and back too, right? Yeah. Where they're oh, not yes. on, a, feeding on a school them bus yet. And, yeah. and putting them yeah. to bed and socks. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I mean, Laura Vanderkam would just say, leave the socks wherever, but at some point that's going to. Oh no, at some point <laughs> they have to go back on their feet though. Like, yeah, gotta, I don't care about the socks strewn around, but eventually <laughs> yeah. you'll have to get them back. Honestly, I think a lot of it is just the chaos of two small children talking to me. It's this morning, driving to the doctor to get her flu shots, I had one kid yelling because she wanted me to pass every other car she saw, and one kid asking me where every other car he saw was going. Um, and he well, needs very specific answers to this. Um, that we did flu shots going. a couple weeks ago, and I have very bad news, which is that I did not think I would have to chase my nine and a half year old down a doctor's office hallway to get her flu shot, but you learn new things. Yeah. <laughs> To do some restraining of very large kids that I didn't, I didn't think I was going to have to do. Body autonomy is not a thing if you're not going to agree to this flu shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even if you almost weigh as much as me. The, the three-year-old cried for a minute. The almost five-year-old lost her shit right up until, like, I was basically sitting on her to get her shot done and just screaming and crying and screaming and crying. And then the nurse says, I think I have a lollipop and it was literally dead silent. Like <laughs> I love that. next time we're starting with that because she's going to be getting her COVID shot in a month. And I'll tell you, I'm just going to, I might just shove the lollipop week. in her mouth and be done with it. Like here, She even said to me this. something like, I feel so bittersweet about this shot because I'm so happy about not, not about getting the COVID shot, but I, I just, I'm going to run away again. Like, <laughs> no. don't plan for that, please. Oh, I can't wait until my kid's old enough to tell me stuff like that. She already has <laughs> oh, a lot of it'll thoughts. be soon. It'll be soon. She has thoughts. So we're, we were talking, we're talking about older kids. One thing I was wondering about is how to start incorporating my kids are, my oldest is 15 just into the planning process and not just the, this is what's happening, get in the car, you know, like actually Definitely. incorporating them into that. So we talk about, I would say we do kind of on Saturday, talk about what they want to do in the weekend and then often like add it to the whiteboard. So that's one way. My oldest has started using a paper planner. Um, she's gone through a couple of different things she's tried, but right now she's using this, this small one that's just for each day. And I think she really likes that because she can write out like, I don't know, it's kind of partly a journal, partly a planner for her. And I also make the kids pick dinners right now. So we, um, I, I was tired of them. Like we would make dinner and then one kid would be like, Ugh, and I'm like, you know what? Fine. Here's the cookbooks. Like you pick what you want. I mean, I don't have super picky kids. They're sort of like 
frustratingly unpredictably picky so i'll think that this will go over fine and then it's like yeah everyone's gonna like this today yeah so <laughs> i they, they help me meal plan now and i that's we've just started that but it's it's been pretty good so and it also is going to teach them a little bit about meal planning so this is usually katie's question but she gave it to me this week so we ask all of our guests this one what county fair contest could you dominate Ooh. I don't know if this is at most county fairs. Probably I mean, it, this can not. be creative. It can be a made up event. You could, you could tell the fair that you're going to run the event and it'll happen. So you can uh, be as flexible as you want with this one. Okay. I, I could, I could definitely win a typing contest. Oh, <laughs> speed. Yeah, we know a bunch of old fashioned so typewriters or something. I mean, oh, this could be like an old yeah. county fair. I, I, I'll probably win. I'm like a really fast typist. So there one. you go. Yeah. Arlene, I will say the one episode where we tried to change the question, I couldn't do it. It just, <laughs> it feels weird. And I don't know if they ever answered. So I think we just threw everybody off. So I think, I we're think I'd also be pretty our, good at oh. guessing the weight of people because, especially if it's kids, because my job, like, right, yeah, we weigh kids all the time. I kind of feel like I have a good sense of looking at a kid and knowing basically. <laughs> So I wouldn't be bad at that either. Yeah. And maybe not in adults. They don't, they don't. No, I don't want to play with adults. There's there's no way to win, but with kids, with kids. Yeah. Line the kids up for sure. And then you could type up the results. So that could be really like a a two part. Be like a relay. Yeah. 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 So I think we'll move into our cussing and discussing section. So this is where we cuss and discuss the things that have gone well, things that have gone not so well during the week and if any of our listeners ever want to contribute something you can send us a voice memo or an email at barnyardlanguage at gmail.com and katie i'm going to let you start this week what are you cussing and discussing so the girl child has learned to run the tv remote um not the power button interestingly so thank god i'm not going to show her obviously but she really likes to go on youtube and watch like korean language versions like straight up knockoff of like paw patrol or it's mostly paw patrol some thomas the tank engine like they're badly hand-drawn versions of popular things she recognizes she doesn't want to watch the actual ones she (laughs) wants these knockoffs garbage yeah and i mean fine i honestly i figure maybe she's picking up some foreign language skills but I'm always afraid that there's going to be some like weird hidden content that's going to pop up and I'm not going to notice it because it's going to be in Korean in the middle of a Paw Patrol episode. But the husband loves watching farm videos on YouTube at night. And so I don't want to just like take YouTube off the TV. I'm sure there's some easy way to deal with this that I just haven't thought of yet. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But, but your algorithm's all weird now. <laughs> yeah. There Korean kids videos and farm Cute. videos and Korean kids videos. Yeah, that's most of it. It would be interesting if I ever tried to find something to watch on there. God knows. Yeah. So Arlene, what does your note mean here? I'm really so I wrote in- down the word Saturn as a reminder, and it's not the planet. I don't care what Saturn is doing, whether it's in retrograde or any of that weird stuff. And normally I don't, you know, want to like name and shame, but we have this cow and her name is Saturn. And so we milk in a, a tie stall system. So that means that we are bringing the milkers to the cows. And so she's got a decent amount of space. She's only tethered like with a, a, a neck, a neck chain. So she's got a, a lot of freedom of movement. 
so she started when she first came, you know, had her calf, we started milking her and she was a kicker, which, you know, I got used to it and was prepared for it. But now she's added, she can swing her head right around and try and knock me over with her head, but she can almost kick at the same time. So I never know which one's coming. And I just, I don't like her. She's, she's not my favorite, but I, both, uh, both my husband and my daughter say she's pretty. So she, uh, she can get away with it, but our herd boss was purchased from a neighbor who was wanting to get rid of her mother because they milk in a slant parlor. Mm-hmm. And that cow is small enough that she can back out of the, out of her spot in the slant parlor and behind the other cows. And then she kicks them <laughs> so sideways. They, so they can't get out. <sighs> cows are the worst. Like I say that as a cattle farmer, cows are. The she's worst. been milking for a while. Like I mean, this is going to happen twice a day for a long time. Like just chill out and let me do my thing. But no, every day she's having to like try a new way to knock me over or kick but me. And does she try to knock the rest of the family over, or is it just you? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, and they still think she's pretty enough to keep. Well, yeah, I guess you know genetics sometimes wins out. Sarah, do you have something to custom discuss? I'm assuming it's not going to be cow related, but that's okay. Yeah, no. So the negative one first, right? Like I can do the negative oh, whatever. one. My cuss, my cuss is math like. homework for kids. Like Ugh, I wish yeah. they could just do it themselves. Like I just, yeah. I, I know there are some parents that are nice and patient and I had fantasies of like being that nice patient parent. Um, but in practice, it, it turns out it's way harder than promised to like sit next to a kid while they're like literally throwing themselves off the the chair every five seconds and said kid may or may have a diagnosis of his own which makes this extra extra torturous and um yeah cussing f math homework i just yeah Yeah, for sure and even if you know the answer they don't believe you so that gets extra frustrating (laughs) right because you're like just just do this. <laughs> They're like, no, my teacher told me that's not the it's right almost way. Like, yeah. yeah. Or like, there's like a little bit of anxiety around thinking like, I'm like, okay, put it in a sentence. I can't like, okay, <laughs> you can just yeah. try. This would and be over in five again. minutes if you could just get it done. Our, uh, our four-year-old has started she's figured out that if she says I'm scared instead of I can't people are nicer about it and so I'll say you know get your shoes on I'm scared that's so Kyle <laughs> and then last night Arlene I don't know if did I send you this she wrote me out a recipe for making kitty bagels because oh. she wanted me to make her a bagel with ears and whiskers and eyes well, you did send butter. me the recipe, but I wasn't sure if it was bagels for kitties. No, I think it was bagels shaped, shaped like, like kitties. kitties. Yeah, she uh, she wrote it all out. She drew herself a line on each part to write on. Um, no, she cannot write yet. But <laughs> she argued with me about whether I even know how to toast a bagel. Like, A, I'm the one who taught you how to toast bagels. B, I went to cooking school. Like, And I I find myself engaging and I'm like, well, which one of us is the idiot here? Because I'm the one who's engaging in an argument with a four-year-old. Like four-year-olds can be little know-it-alls. Like they finally figured out that they know things. So then they're like, well, I must know everything. (laughs) Yeah. I better share my knowledge. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. It's kind of cute though. (laughs) It is. It's, we wanted to raise our kids with strong leadership skills and we're doing an excellent job of it. That's what (laughs) I'm going to say about that. All right. Arlene, do you have anything else? I don't think so. 
So on behalf of Katie and myself, we want to thank you, Sarah, for joining us today. We have learned a lot and I'm sure that our uh, listeners will too. And do you have anything that you want to plug or share? I mean, you've already told us the names of your podcast, but do you have any other people that you follow or, or things that you think people should be uh, checking out? Yeah. Um, I mean, other than what I already shared, uh, definitely my podcast co-host has tons of time management related stuff. So she's at lauravandercam.com. She's got a new book coming out in a couple months. Um, so that's an additional stuff. But otherwise, yeah, everything for me, you can find at theshoebox.com. And this was so much fun. I learned more than you would think about, about farm life. <laughs> we really appreciate having you on, Sarah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Join us on all the socials. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We're on Twitter. We're trying to be on TikTok. And we have a Patreon if you want to support us with your hard-earned dollars to support the show. Mm -hmm.